From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com and brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at Liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and Behindthemask.com is your hockey superstore with three Valley locations and across the country at Behindthemask.com. Indiana Tech University. For ticket and schedule information for the two-time ACHA National Champions, go to IndianaTechWarriors.com. Jesse's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson for lunch or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. University of Georgia Hockey, power school athletics tradition, college town atmosphere, and the building of a program like no other at UGAHockey.com. College Hockey, Inc., growing the game at the college level and beyond. Adrian College, championship hockey culture, and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. Maryville University, the big city style of St. Louis, small school education. For more information, visit us at maryvillesaints.com or at maryville.edu. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Mary Hockey. Top flight hockey, intense rivalries, championship aspirations, and more. For schedule and ticket information, go to goyoumary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app. The only app that lets you earn Caesars rewards, but please play responsibly. FedEx, the official shipping company, Ice Time Hockey West. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, we're in hockey fans to another episode of the American collegiate can i get this right the american collegiate hockey top 20 podcast scott strandy with you tonight from beautiful bloomington minnesota my co-host as always stephen marsh joining me from that championship city of las vegas nevada where stephen i think i topped you in temperature today and i know i topped you in humidity how are you that's perfectly fine with me you could have that uh, <laughs> distinction by the way it's the, you know, if you have trouble saying the show, it's your fault because you're the one that renamed it to this <laughs> name. I know. I love it. I love it. I just, you know, I have five podcasts, you have five to, podcasts to memorize, you right? If, if it's Monday, if it's Tuesday, if it's Wednesday, if it's Sunday, <laughs> yeah. it's Coast to Coast, College Hockey West Weekly, Less Law. I mean, I can't, I can't keep them all straight. I know how you do. <laughs> well, I cheat. I look at the, uh, at the board, but tonight I tried not to look at the board and, um, and it got away from me. But the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 um, podcast is live and on the air. we got a great guest joining us tonight in just a few minutes uh, from Minot University. We've got the uh, women's head coach joining us. So we'll get to that in just Are a second. Sure? Are you sure you're not loving the humidity? <laughs> I hate the humidity. I absolutely detest it. Today, Stephen, and yesterday were the two hottest days I think I've ever experienced including 30-plus years of living in the desert. Hey, at least you didn't get uh, washed away in, in Palm Desert, California, when the hurricane blow, blew through uh, California. Or oh, it was only a tropical storm, 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 storm by the time it got there. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about and something our, that was talking about something that was overhyped. I mean, some places in California did get some flooding, but I mean here, I mean, they think, oh, it's gonna hit us. These kind of storms, you just don't know. But, uh, but I think with what's happened in Maui recently, there was probably some high, higher alert when you talk about these weather. Now there's a tropical storm that's made its way through Texas, and we might get some of the moisture from that. But I'm not counting on it. But we did get some rain here, and of course, the usual link flooded. You know, the link little channel there because the flood channel part runs through there so of course that that always gets flooding people probably see that video it's like oh my gosh vegas really flooded well no i mean that that the, even when we just get normal rain that thing gets flooded pretty easily so well, that's kind of the drainage area of the yeah, strip is what i call the, it part of the flood channel <laughs> yeah part of the flood part of flood channel stuff that ro rolls through there so well it's a lot and, better and, than it used to be it used to be a lot worse than that around that area but they have improved it through it flowed a little and, bit. and i don't want to make light at all about the because there was a lot of damage in palm springs i mean i don't it know was, if you've seen pictures yes. but the flood is uh is the water has receded, but the mud and the cleanup and the uh, yeah, no. repairs of the roads, it, it, it was it was nasty. They're still under a disaster order, and I think there's uh, they still haven't sent kids to school yet. Um, so it, it's no, not it, good. And, yeah, and my thoughts good. and prayers go out from you know how much time I spent there, and yeah. I don't I won't be there too far from there uh, in the future. But um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was not a good sight. Uh, when you get that much rain, more than you would get in a year. Yeah. all at one time it's bound to cause problems oh yeah i mean absolutely you're right i mean it, it, it and then even here, i think mount charleston i think people still can't get up to and off of the mountain because the roads are still uh, muddy and spat up there so uh, so yeah there were some areas that i think in the grand scheme of things it wasn't maybe what it was advertised but yeah you're right some areas did get get it really bad and and it, and so yeah but, and, and i don't know if you've looked at the uh, calendar yet Stephen, but it's august 23rd do you have any idea what that means that means my hibernation that wasn't such a hibernation <laughs> is almost over with. <laughs> yes, it does. Because the teams, uh, uh, almost every college now has started school. So the players are on yes. campus. They're getting to start uh, their practice sessions. They're getting ready. Uh, I saw um, some games scheduled, I believe, for the first weekend in September in Oklahoma. And uh, that means getting real. And especially for us on the, uh, as you know, my September is going to be full of uh american collegiate hockey top 20 teams as uh, i try to see as many as i can and then uh, once november or october hits then it's a mix of ncaa and american collegiate hockey top 20 and then once uh the middle of october hits then it's weekdays full of ahl hockey so i will have my fill pretty darn soon but is, it, is, um, this, the, is this the time where we need to we need to clone you so you can be yeah. in different places. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to put together a schedule, and I just shake my head every day uh, that I look at it because I'm I, going, like, how can I be here, here, well, here, well, my, here and there? Well, my trip to the promised land of Iowa is fast approaching, too. Yeah, you can't wait, can you? <laughs> you can't wait. You're up at night thinking about what that will be like. I just don't want to get lost in the cornfields while I'm there. I, I Well, I'm going to ask our guest if uh, if you can spend some time in Minot in January because <laughs> I got a feeling he'd be happy to have you up there. I, something tells me I'm not, I won't be quite as excited for that that trip if that were to come to fruition. Uh, me, let's face it, you're we, a softy. We don't want me to freeze, do you? I mean, I, you know, I'm a highest priced commodity. We can't have anything happen to me. <laughs> let's just say that you are a softy. That's what we're gonna call you, softy, from now on. <laughs> how's the anyway, how's the humidity again in Minnesota today? That's awful. It's awful. <laughs> okay. It is absolutely I awful. I humidity too. So when I you mean, hit, I... I know, but when you hit triple digits yeah. and the plus, 
plus 60 plus percent humidity. I mean, you just go outside and sweat just pouring off you. I mean, it's like you feel like you want to take a shower every 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's no fun. And, uh, it's, uh, I guess it's pretty unusual that Minnesota is that warm, right? Um, it's unusual, but not unusual, if that makes sense. Well, I guess, I guess what is usual these days when it comes to the weather? I was Nothing. thinking about this today. I mean, Nothing. going back to the weather here, as soon we're going to have so much hockey talk about, we won't have time for weather talk, but right now we still have a little bit of time for weather talk. <laughs> we started this year so strange because we had the snow and we had some snow in places that didn't get snow. Like we had some, and then it was kind of chilly. And then and speaking for, and, and other places of the country too. And then, and then we kind of had periods where it was cooler than normal like it was here where it didn't get to 100 officially till the end of June, which was unusual. And then we had a really hot July, rec- almost record-breaking there with all the 110 degrees and everything. And then this August starts off kind of unusual as well. We had this, this hurricane slash tropical storm, and which was unusual and everything. So it's been kind of an unusual year. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> that is how it goes. Uh, anyway. And who, know, and who knows what the fall will bring? I mean, so people need to stay tuned to uh, to their local meteorologist. Uh, yeah, who's <laughs> that? You? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe it's the, maybe I'm the resident meteorologist for Ice Time. Uh, uh, yeah, you might have to be pretty soon if we continue <laughs> with stuff like this. But anyway, my point being is hockey season is very nearly upon us, if not already upon us. Games will be starting. Uh, as you know, I'm thrilled to have the uh, team's with us now in the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20. we got a few spots left, not many, about a handful, and uh, everything goes to bed, so to speak, next week because uh, we got to put promos out and stuff like that. So um, we're looking forward to it. We just picked up our first D2 team, uh, men's team, um, and that is the, uh, the team from Lake Superior State just signed on board today. So it's not just uh, ACHA M1, it's ACHA M2. If you're I'm a gonna, proud I'm program... Gonna- I'm going to have to clone myself here. <laughs> and if you're a proud program, that's what we're looking at. Uh, we have a great guest coming on tonight. It's going to tell us all about the uh, Minot State University women's program. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's bring on the head coach from Minot State, Ryan Minor Green, in about four minutes. At some schools, winning the national championship is the goal. For Liberty's women's hockey program, it's the expectation. Winners of the last five national championships, Liberty women's hockey is the ACHA W1 standard. Be a part of the championship legacy on or off the ice with a first-class education, as well as serving your faith, community, and your game by visiting us at liberty.edu. Looking to end your hockey career at a high level, then the University of Georgia could be the place for you. Ice Dogs Hockey is an NCAA-style experience and championship culture combined with classic rivalries, big-time athletics, and an elite academic institution. Go to UGAHockey.com to start your journey and see if you can continue to help build the limitless future ahead for University of Georgia Hockey. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to 
help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. As a premier ACHA M1 university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. It's a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas, while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right, you can visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. The University of Arizona Wildcats return to the Tucson Arena September 29th. Join the tradition and become a part of the legacy of hockey in the old Pueblo. Cheer on your five-time Cactus Cup champions as the Wildcats pursue a national championship after a promising off-season of key roster additions. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org for schedule and ticket information and follow us on social media. Bear down and rise up. The University of Michigan Dearborn with 130 courses of undergraduate study and 80 postgraduate and doctoral programs as well as our own on-campus arena allows you to grow as a student and a championship level hockey player. The ACHA M1 team looks to continue its climb in the national rankings as it takes schools like Indiana Tech and Adrian. And in the classroom, you get the advantage of small classes with a 16 to 1 student faculty ratio at an affordable price. If this seems like the right fit for you, be it on or off the ice, see us at umdearborn.edu or at athletics.umdearborn.edu. Looking to find the right place to fit your academic needs with a chance to play championship level college hockey? Then Indiana Tech could just be that place. In less than a decade, the Warriors have played for two national championships, appeared in the last four national tournaments, and won six regular season and conference tournaments. Off the ice, majors in not just the tech fields, but communications, criminal justice, and more can get your career off to that same kind of championship start. For more information, visit us online at indianatechwarriors.com or at indianatech.edu. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. It's Wednesday night, which means it is American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Sarandi with you tonight in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota, as I make my uh, family visits and tours and everything that is um, Minnesota style. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that uh, beautiful championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada, where pretty soon it'll be the defending champions trying to uh, get things done. But in the meantime, Stephen, we've got a great guest joining us tonight. 
we're going to talk women's hockey at the uh, W1 level of the ACHA. We've got the head coach from Minot State University, Ryan Minor Green, with us. Ryan Scott and Stanwith, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for being a partner with us, and welcome to the hockey season, right? How are you doing, fellas? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I was looking forward to this visit. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I spent some time in Minot, so I'm a little familiar with uh, what's going on up there. And I know your men's program, and I know your women's program, and I know your youth programs, and I know that big, beautiful facility. But we don't know a whole lot about Ryan Minor Green. So that's how we're going to start tonight, Ryan. Give us a little thumbnail about you, your career, your love for hockey, and your love for coaching the, uh, the Lady Beavers. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I grew up in Canada, um, born in Saskatchewan, grew up mostly uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, after high school, I ended up coming down doing two years at Dakota College of Botano, uh, which is uh, men's two. And then after those two years, I ended up transferring to Minot State and playing for the men's team for my final two years. Uh, so I uh, graduated in 20 or 2007, pardon me. And um, following that, uh, I had to finish a year of school, which kind of led to my coaching career. And at the time, our, uh, our women's program was a true kind of true club team, uh, and they were in need of a coach. So uh, I wasn't re ready to give up the game yet. So I, uh, I kind of stepped in as an assistant coach for part of the season. Uh, there was some change midway through the season, and I kind of jumped into the role as a young old fresh <clears throat> fresh out of college and uh it was an experience in itself and i'm going on year seven now uh with the program and uh man things have changed since uh i first started seven years ago but it's uh been an experience and a joy to coach this program and i wouldn't want to be anywhere else all right, Ryan, well, we're going to start off by giving Stephen Marsh, who's a, uh, a softie from Las Vegas, we're going to give him a little geography lesson. So tell him where, uh, where Winnipeg is, because his Vegas Golden Knights travel to Winnipeg, and um, we're going to send him up there in the wintertime. But tell us about Winnipeg and how close you are to Minot. So Winnipeg's roughly about five hours, uh, about nor northeast of Minot. Uh, it's on the east side of the province. Um, kind of directly north of Grand Forks, Fargo, North Dakota. Um, but Minot itself is, you know, central North Dakota, about 40 miles from the Canadian border. So uh, very close in terms of location. So for me, when I was coming down for school, obviously location was a big thing. And that's kind of similar to my players now of location, especially with most of my Canadians. So it's it's way up there for sure. Uh, if you want to get close to the Canadian border, uh, you know, other than Dakota College, there aren't many other schools that close other than maybe out in Ontario. So there you go, Stephen. You ready to go? You ready to make that trip up there? <laughs> I'll pack my uh, I'll pack my uh, my layers now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll need them for the winter. <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen's going to jump in just a second, but Ryan, I got to tell you, um, I know Travis or have known Travis Rubchinsky for goodness. I, I think it's over thirty years now, and uh, what a great program he puts on up there at Dakota College. So when you were there, um, give us a thumbnail about what that's like, because people don't get it. That community is so small, small, so tight knit, but the hockey, the caliber of hockey that's played, is ridiculous, right? 
Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, you know, going into Botno from moving from Winnipeg, you know, Winnipeg's just under a million people. Botno, I think, maybe has 2,000 people in the town, you know. You show up on day one and you're like, where is everything? But, you know, you, you get to campus and a uh, small school of, I think when I was there, it was maybe 300 students on campus. And you have the university, the high school, uh, the hockey rink, and then, you know, a few mom and pa shops in town. And other than that, it's all farmland and, uh, you know, oil in the area. But they do have a few trophies in the trophy case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. When I actually went, uh, we were still JUCO or NCJA, whatever it is, used to be called. So we weren't actually competing in the ACHA when I was a player there. And then the, the year I left, they won uh, one more um, JUCO championship before moving over to ACHA. So... But that program has a lot of history. Um, the big one coming out of it being Dustin Penner, who went transferred from Botno to the University of Maine, and then obviously had a had a good NHL career. And um, you know, Coach Rubchinsky was my coach while I was there, and he's still at the helm there. And he's built a built a program there. Definitely a legacy on his part in terms of how long he's been there and what he's accomplished as a coach while being with that program. All right, we're going to move on to your team in just a sec, but I got to throw one more name at you, and this kind of dates how old I am. I remember watching a guy named Sidney Crosby playing Botano with uh, Shattuck St. Mary's. <laughs> there were quite a few other guys that had pretty good NHL careers, too. He turned too, out pretty but, good. He turned out yeah. pretty good. <laughs> but, but Sidney Crosby played against uh, the, uh, the Lumberjacks in, uh, I don't know if it was an exhibition or, or what kind of game it was, but... I always thought that was impressive when the Shattuck St. Mary's made the trip up there. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, what happened was with with the the JUCO league, you know, outside of Williston, most of the uh, Williston State, most of the teams were on the East Coast. So really, outside of Williston, our schedule consists of playing ACHA teams, uh, D three uh, JV teams, and then exhibition games against prep schools. You know, some Canadian senior teams. And really, it was a mixed schedule of different leagues. And, you know, you had to qualify. It was between us and Williston um, to go to, you know, the JUCO championships. And unfortunately, the years I was there, Williston had a powerhouse of a team. But uh, I know there was other years where the men's at Botno made it up there out to the East Coast for that championship a couple times. All right, Stephen. Okay, so I want to ask about the season last year because you guys, um, the team got very close to winning the championship, obviously going to the championship game and, and losing to, to Liberty. Uh, what was that experience like and just for the, the team last year and, and what can you take from that to try to even better that this year and to, to be the champs this year? Yeah, uh, for sure. So we had a special team last year. You know, We had a lot of seniors that graduated um, at the end of the season. I think the big thing with our, our program last year is that our schedule, if you look back, was probably the hardest schedule we've ever played in team history. I mean, we were consistently playing teams in the top 10. Um, you know, we had a few more losses than we normally would in a regular season, but at the end of the day, it kind of prepared us for that final tournament. And, 
you know, going through the emotions of a national tournament, obviously, um, there was a lot of, a lot of things that we accomplished in that week, you know, we uh, had a losing record to Midland and were able to, you know, edge them off in the semifinal. Uh, we made it to the, that final game against Liberty and, you know, unfortunately that final win didn't go our way, but it was the first time as a division one women's program that we had made it to the championship. Um, you know, we've only actually been in women's one since 2019. So it was a in itself. Uh, obviously you would always like to get that last game back, but, for how far we got and what we accomplished in that season, you know, was pretty spectacular. All right, you led me right into it. I want to talk schedule because when I looked at your schedule this year, um, you talk about last year maybe being your toughest. Do you think this year is going to be tougher when I look <laughs> at it? Uh, there, there's a good chance. You know, um, every I think on our schedule was in the top 12 last year. You know, we some new opponents that we've never faced before with like Lake Superior State. And then we have a couple D2 games this year that we add because of their rule change where they're allowed to play us towards their rankings. So, um, but I definitely say that this year's schedule will be just as challenging, if not more uh, compared to last year. And uh, the start of the season for sure is we hit the gate running and it's going to be a battle. So I want to ask about, you also going to have, a uh, exhibition game at uh, Northern Alberta Institute of Technology and, and the University of Regina as as well. Talk about playing uh, those those games uh, early in the season. What yeah, so so that's going to be a very good idea of where we're at as a team preseason. Uh, we're going up there for a showcase. Uh, Midland University is actually coming up with us and each going to play two games. But uh, Last year, we played Nate at home in Minot for an exhibition series, and they're a good program. Uh, they play in that ACAC league out in Alberta, which uh, and they've uh, they didn't win it last year, but they've always been a top team in that league. And then uh, U U Sport University of Regina, I mean, that's a caliber in itself. Uh, obviously, we recruit against those teams, but um, you know playing that level of hockey early obviously is going to be a challenge and a test, but it's ultimately, I think, going to prepare us. But we're excited. Um, the last time we were in Regina was probably pre-COVID. So I think going up there is exciting for the players. And, you know, a majority of our team is Canadian. So a lot of the family and friends from Saskatchewan, Manitoba area are going to have that kind of first look at our program right off the bat. And that certainly doesn't hurt recruiting, does it? <laughs> to be able to bring them up there and play in front of their uh, home teams. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, uh, a lot of our players have friends on those teams and uh, and former teammates. And, you know, obviously on our end and probably on their end too, they're going to be doing the same thing as us of seeing where they're at and what they need to do to prepare for the season. So I think overall it's 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 going to be a competition and we're going for those wins. It's just definitely a, a point to see where we're at coming into, you know, the following weekend against Midland. And then the okay, so – well, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask the home opener, I believe, is against uh, Liberty. So what's that going to be like having that opportunity right off the hop when you have your first home game to, to play the team like Liberty who beat, beat you to win the championship? Oh, for sure. Uh, we're excited. Um, it's going to be the first time that Liberty is in Minot for a regular season. Um, the only time they've been down was in the 2020 when we hosted uh, Nationals for the women's division. 
Um, so having them in our home barn for a home opener, you know, uh, the, the exciting uh, thing about that day is it's Friday the 13th. So uh, we're going to be running some, <laughs> running some promo, some, some what promos. Could wrong, what so, could go wrong yeah, on that night? Exactly. We're going to be running some promos of spooky Friday and we're going to try and get as many fans through the door as we can that day. And, you know, obviously Liberty's a, a top notch program. And when we were there, they treated us great and they had a, a great atmosphere and we want to do the same thing for them. But you know, when it comes to the game, obviously there's a little revenge and a little chip on our shoulder that we have to take care of when they come to us. Okay, so you follow that up with a home date with Lake Superior State, um, and their program is on the rise as well. But uh, I, I kind of want to deviate from the schedule a minute, Ryan, and have you give us your thoughts on uh, the growth of women's hockey because it's really not only growing but the caliber of play and the caliber of players that you're able to bring in and other teams are able to bring in is making it really exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I the women's uh, side of hockey has grown so much over the past five, ten years. Obviously, um, pr- cities are continuing to grow their youth programs on the girls' side, so there's more coming up every year. Uh, high school t- t- rosters are sh- starting to get, uh, you know, Canadian AAA programs and AA programs are everywhere in Canada. So the sport is growing and, and that's great for us. And again, it's, you know, when it comes to recruiting, there's so many different areas that we can look at um, and for the type of players that we're looking for. So I think, uh, you know, for Minot itself, we have, you know, after the Mites program, I think we have a U10 program, a U12 program, a U15, U19, and then all the way up to high school. So uh, it's definitely growing in Minot and the surrounding areas, but I think just around the country and, you know, North America itself, the women's hockey, girls hockey is definitely a, a growing sport here. So, Okay, so let me ask you this as a follow-up to that. Um, you being Canadian and coaching at a uh, American university and we know this battle between team Canada and team uh, USA uh, in the in the women's competition how much has that helped and do your girls talk about that or your young ladies talk about um, that competition and and how how much that's helped grow the sport for the women's side I think so. Um, they follow along as much as they can. Obviously, whenever those types of tournaments are going on, the players are getting together and we have our Americans rooting for USA and Canadians vice versa. And, you know, it's a little fun competition and there's usually bragging rights the next day. But I think just seeing that level of hockey and, you know, aspirations, not necessarily for our program, but for young girls to see that, they can dream big and have that opportunity to play at a high level has definitely helped grow the women's side. Okay. I also got to ask you about this, Stephen. I hope your uh, microphone didn't go out. <laughs> anyway, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I got to ask you also about going to Adrian in late October to Adrian, first of all. Yeah. So, okay. uh, we are on kind of a rotational schedule where, 
every other year we're going to Michigan and then the following years they come to us. And so okay. last year, Adrian and Indiana Tech were in our barn at home. And now this year we're returning the trip. And then following year, the plan is for them to come back to us. And it's kind of similar with Liberty last year. We went out to them, and this year they're coming to us. So, you know, obviously we have, I don't want to say closer teams because we're kind of on an island in terms of travel. But, you know, our closer teams, you know, we're consistently playing home and away every year, four, four to six games. But then when you have those teams uh, like the Michigan teams, Indiana Tech, Liberty, uh, you know, those are every other year kind of things of whether who's home and who's away and then, with our conference, with the majority of our teams being in that St. Louis area, we're usually traveling to St. Louis every year. But going back to your question, yeah, we uh, we we are going to Adrian this year uh, slash Indiana four game series. You know, obviously two top five teams last year, um, so that competition is going to be stiff and it's going to be a challenge for us. I mean, four games in four days is never easy. So, you know, obviously taking it one game at a time, but that's going to be a big test for our program going forward on that trip. All right, I want to ask you about also the first thing that's first time that this is going to happen is that your conference is going to hold its first ever WMCH All-Star game in January when you all are going to be in St. Louis for a weekend showcase. So how nice is that to be able to do uh, things like that? Yeah, we're we're super excited for that. You know, uh, as since we kind of got together and Obviously, we're a little disappointed that there was no World University Games on the women's side. So we were thought of a way that we could showcase not only just our conference, but ACHA Women's One as a whole. And, you know, we're hoping that by doing this all-star game and, you know, broadcasting it live and making sure that, you know, people around the league, friends, family, and just hockey people can kind of see the top talent that the ACHA Women's One has to offer. And, and we're hoping that at some point that if it goes well, that we'll keep doing it, but that we can expand it to maybe a whole league situation. Or, you know, if there's ever the opportunity one day again for, you know, World University Games to come back on the women's side, you know, uh, there's going to be lots of talent to kind of create teams or for those for that type of event. So will it won't so the teams will be mixed up. You'll have the player, the best of the all the teams, or the teams will play each other. Or how will that how will that play out? So the start of the weekend is going to be a sh- kind of a showcase where everyone's getting three games in, okay. and then what's happening is we're doing East versus West. So Minot, Jamestown, Minnesota, Midland versus uh, Maryville, Lindenwood, McKendree, and Liberty. So it's going to be kind of an East West conference. Uh, all-star game so pretty much i think how it works is there's going to be 12 forwards 60 and three goalies on each team and the coaches from west and east are kind of going to collaborate on who they think or who we think is best fit to represent that those teams from each program now that's exciting stuff. I mean, I might have to look at my calendar, make sure I can be there for that one because uh, I, I think that's a lot of fun. It, you're talking about the St. Louis teams as well, and uh, the competition has gotten pretty good down there too with McKendry and Maryville, Lindenwood, uh, all that they bring uh, to the women's game. Uh, just talk a little bit, if you can, Ryan, about that and how that's strengthened your conference. Yeah, um, for sure. I think that obviously um, – when we schedule, you know, we're always trying to play the best teams we can. And obviously those three St. Louis teams have, have been 
good teams for since their existence, you know, being in the top 10, top 12. So having the opportunity to, you know, play them every year and whether it's home or away has definitely helped grow our program. And like I said earlier, you know, the better teams we play, you know, the better that it prepares us for the national tournament at the end of the year. How nice right, I, know, I know Stephen wants to get into the roster, so do you have one more before you go to the roster, or can I get into something? <laughs> well, I was just going to follow up. He's talking about, we're talking about St. Louis and everything. The national tournament this next season is back in St. Louis, so how exciting is it to, to be back there and, and the setup there? When I went there, was was fantastic. I don't Boston, I heard mixed reviews, but uh, the setup they had in, in, in St. Louis was great, so it's got to be exciting to be able to go back there, especially since you're going to be spending some time in St. Louis this year, and get a little comfortable there maybe when the time comes to the national tournament yeah no for sure obviously i'm humble so we got to earn our spot there first but uh you know getting into the top 10 and then obviously the goal being getting back to st louis is is you know we enjoyed ourselves there um again not the final outcome you want but the facilities were great i think uh overall it was a great experience and I honestly, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of looking forward to having the, the tournaments kind of separated again because it kind of puts a focus just on our division um, and we kind of separate ourselves from the men. And obviously uh, the goal is, is that when we fly down there or drive down there to St. Louis, we'll be watching our men in the national championship and then we can focus on ourselves for that following week. Yeah, how tough uh, is that? How tough is that when you have – I mean, I know the, the the league itself, and I think there's a lot of people that like that everybody's in one location, but that's five divisions, three men, two women's divisions. And I know in Boston it was all during the same time frame. St. Louis, as you said, it's a little bit more staggered. Um, so how difficult was that when everybody's having to find the their, where they're playing and playing those, those same days that week in Boston last year? Yeah, obviously it it was it was chaotic at times, but uh, the, I think the ACHA, especially uh, Russ Slagle, did a fantastic job. You know, organizing the whole tournament itself. I think with showing up, we know we knew where we were going. Uh, we knew when we were playing. We knew what the outcome was or what was expected of us, and everything was very organized. I think when I say it was a little chaotic, there was just so many bodies there at once. So that really didn't affect us much just because the only thing time that it really affected us was kind of going in and out the door. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I want to ask you, since you played uh, at a very competitive level at the college level, and uh, now you're coaching the women's side of things, I know they say no checking, but I've also watched the games. I mean, it, it, it's called a ride off or whatever you want to call it, but um, these girls are competitive and physical too, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Obviously, that is something that we teach uh, every year. Obviously, not body contact, but using your body to angle and making sure that you know you're in that right position to to retrieve a puck or win a battle. And you know, I'm never going to be mad at my players for playing hard and physical. And maybe that shows a bit because we've led the team uh, league in penalties every year, uh, so we've spent a lot of time in the box. But uh, <laughs> it just gives um, you time on the penalty kill <laughs> yeah you know and, and our penalty kills been you know every year has consistently been great so but i think you know obviously the the rule hitting in women's hockey but we've been pretty fortunate throughout the year of depending on who our refing staff is at home or away of 
usually letting things go in the sense of just letting them kind of bump each other a bit and and a little aggressive in corners as long as it's clean and safe and we we enjoy that that's the type of style that we like playing and obviously uh that's not never going to change with our program so all right you want to get into the roster now or what yeah we can dig (laughs) into the roster uh you mentioned earlier you you had a lot of seniors that will be leaving but uh just talk about how your roster is shaping up for this upcoming season maybe some of the players that are coming back who we should be people should be looking out for just just a little bit about your roster makeup coming into next season yeah most definitely so kind of starting on the back end uh we got Haley beaver coming back in net for her senior year uh obviously over the last couple of years, uh, I've had her and uh, Jordan Ivanko, who graduated last year, is kind of 1A, 1B pretty much most of the season. And then, you know, Haley earned her spot uh, to kind of be that starter at the uh, national tournament. So, and got us as far as she did. So, uh, we have her back, you know, on the back end. Uh, we have some, some returners, uh, Anna German, who both offensively and defensively kind of set the tone for our team last year. Um, you know, and a few other returners that obviously will help. Um, and then we have some really good freshmen coming in on the back end as well. So um, I think with them, uh, the 8D that we have going into the season, uh, they're going to get to work with uh, our new assistant coach, uh, Keith Martell. And, um, you know, obviously he's going to have the opportunity to kind of see where each of them rank and, um, you know, putting – our top six on the ice every every weekend so um i think on the forward end uh you know we lost a lot of our big guns last year we had jordan colbito um our fifth year transfer who kind of um set the tone in t- at times and you know got things done when we did her and megan norris our captain ensley fendelay graduated um sydney spicer so we lost a lot of lost a lot of players that made an impact with our program but the nice part is is we have a good uh, a really good junior and sophomore class that are now seniors juniors and and even our freshmen from last year that uh, all really did their parts you know uh jillian gervin riley ball who's our captain this year um players like that that you know might have you know, they had good seasons last year and now kind of going into their senior years are really going to have to step into their roles and, you know, fill those spaces that need to be filled for this year. And again, we, uh, we have nine freshmen coming in total. So there's a lot of them that are going to come in and make an impact way. So um, there's, I want to say there's a question mark, but I'm excited to see, you know, from when we get on the ice on Monday of, who fits where and, you know, what type of players we're going to have this season and who's going to show up for, you know, what role. All right. Um, I got a couple of comments and then a question for you regarding the roster. Uh, first of all, Haley Beaver, that's great. I know it's not spelled the same way, but when, when you're going to have a backstop for Minot State Women's Hockey, it's great to have somebody named Beaver, correct? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Beavs, Beavs loves the name, and uh, I think the fans and fans love it too. So there's, there's, that's, that's just a great one to have. I, was, I, I almost was thinking when you were thinking of Bieber, like, like, like Justin Bieber. So I, I, I yeah, be- of course be- you would. <laughs> Beaver, I got oh Beaver, Minot State Beavers. Okay, I get it. Okay. okay. The other question is or comment is, 
you have a lot of nursing students on this uh, this roster. So you guys are in pretty good shape if you ever need uh, some backup athletic training or anything. Yeah, no, um, obviously uh, over the last couple of years that uh, interest for that program has grown. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for our new program. Uh, my wife went through the program at Minot State. That's where we met. And, uh, you know, so obviously the program itself has been fantastic. There's, you know, going through those program and the graduate graduation rates and, you know, the, the past test rate, you know, after once you graduate has been super high with coming from Minot State. So obviously I, I push that program pretty hard when it comes to recruiting and it just happens that, you know, um, these last couple years, you know, almost half of every recruiting class has wanted to kind of go into that program. And uh, it makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, it's a good degree. Um, nursing Nurses are in demand, you know, all over the country and in Canada. So um, it's a it's a field that needs to be filled. And so uh, any opportunity that I can take first to fill, you know, get someone in that position or in that major is is good for us and good for the university. So I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's a demanding program and, you know, with clinical and everything like that. But uh, I'm happy to see that we have a handful of players in that program. All right. And then one more for you. Keith Martell joining your program. Uh, Boy, what an asset. Uh, I haven't seen Keith in years, but um, I know in Minot, he's he's the Martell name is synonymous with hockey and to, to bring him on. How was that to, uh, how'd you get him to do it? First of all. And second of all is how big of a factor is he going to be? And I don't want to slight Rachel either. Cause of course she's been with you for a little bit, but, um, having Keith there, it's gotta be an asset, correct? Yeah, no, definitely. So how we got acquainted was, uh, his oldest son, Morgan actually was a teammate of mine at Minot state. So, um, when I was kind of doing my coaching search this summer, um, I was in contact with Morgan because he's pretty well known around the community and he kind of, I was asking him to give me some names and he, the next day calls me back and goes, why don't you ask my dad? And I've known for a while, um, you know, obviously he's done, he's been, you know, with the booster program and worked with Minot hockey for probably 25 plus years now, probably going on 30 years now. So he has an, the experience at every level. And, um, you know, when his name came up, uh, doing my due diligence, you know, you go talk and you ask around and every comment I got back from anybody I talked to was that he would be a fantastic addition to our program. So that was kind of, you know, the, the thumbs up for me. And, uh, you know, he, he was on board. He's all in, and uh, I'm excited for him to, you know, work with our D this year, but then also work with the program as a whole. All right, I got uh, I got one final one for you, and uh, this one is kind of giving you the microphone, um, Ryan, because I always, when we have guests on, I want them to tell us why uh, a girl uh, should a young lady should. Uh, select Minot State. What does it have to offer? I mean, that's part of why we do this program is, and first and foremost, I want to say thanks again for, for joining up with us because we're looking for quality programs. I mean, I, and I don't want to slight other teams in the ACHA, but when I look board and I tell this to everybody, when I'm traveling, if I see a group of women or, or men's teams, and sometimes I can't tell NCAA from, 
from top ACHA. And that's, that's because of the way you guys put your program together and the pride that you take in it. So congratulations on that, but uh, give us a, give us a promo speech on how, uh, how and why people should join up with the Minot state women's beavers. Of course. So yeah, no, um, obviously we pride ourselves in our program, but we also pride ourselves in academics. Um, Obviously, Minot State's a smaller university. You have about 2,000 students on campus. It's about a 1 to 14 uh, student ratio. So the academics is very, um, you know, small town atmosphere. So, you know, you should go to class. You're in the community. Everyone knows you. You know everyone. You might not know them on a first name basis, but you're going to know, recognize their face and who they are. So I think culture that we have at the university, even outside of our program, um, is very welcoming. Um, for ourselves and our program, um, you know, we tr- our, our other sports at Minot State are, are NCAA. Um, every, we were NCAA Division II schools, so we're fortunate enough that we're part of our athletic department where we get the same treatment and Funding, obviously, and that's a big thing too. Treatment and funding as the other programs on campus. So we're allowed to are able to do a lot of things that some other programs can't. And, you know, sometimes I say that we spoil our team, but, you know, obviously with them, we want to make sure that their focus is on school and hockey. And we do everything in our power to make sure that their student experience is the best it can be. But so that that right there itself is a big one for us. Outside of that, you know, you look location, a lot of our players are maybe five, six hours at most from home. So um, on any given weekend when we're at home, families can come down and watch and visit. And on off weekends, players are easily able to go home um, and 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 it, it makes it um, easier on players being away from home knowing that they're just a couple hour car ride away and they're back home. So that's been a big one for us. And then I think the biggest thing for us has been cost. Um, We're fortunate enough that we offer in-state tuition for all students, even international students and our starting tuition before any type of scholarships or academic scholarships, I should say is starts at 8,500. So we're very fortunate. Um, in terms of our tuition price. So you, obviously when I'm recruiting, um, I can, we can offer great academics, good location, uh, an affordable tuition, and then obviously a top-notch program. And so we do everything in our power to kind of share that. And that's why we I feel like we've been so successful over these years of, of finding these players because, you know, they buy into our program and, and, and know the culture we have and make it pretty easy for them in terms of cost and, and experience. Yeah. Good selling point. Um, wow. I mean, that, that really excites me to see what your program is doing. And, uh, I think you guys are becoming one of the leaders, if not the leader in uh, in women's hockey and you're bringing along with liberty and adrian and all the teams that you mentioned i look at your rosters uh versus them and you look very very competitive and uh, i don't believe a national championship is too far away in your future so continue to uh to do what you're doing thanks again for being a part of us we love having you on you got uh, a couple more visits at least so as the season gets going we'll be reaching out and finding out how things are going and all that good stuff so thanks again for joining us 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you both for having me and uh, looking forward to the season and looking forward to following along and uh, hope to get back on here in, in the coming months and share where we're at. So thank you again. Absolutely. That's the head coach from Minot State University on the women's side, Ryan Minor Green, joining us. Steve and I will be in just a couple minutes to wrap up another episode of the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Championship pedigree, world-class first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. With a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Bay. When you talk about Looking for the big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University, located in St. Louis, Missouri, could be for you. Fielding five teams across all divisions of the ACHA since 2018 and playing just minutes from campus in the 1,000-plus seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as they compete against ACHA powers like Ohio, Liberty, Minot State, and Illinois State. For more information about all things Maryville, visit maryville.edu. As San Diego State ends its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Looking to continue building on a successful first season at the ACHA W1 level, Lake Superior State starts its second season in the CCWHA, a season that included having three academic All-Americans. If this is the kind of tradition that you are interested in help building as a player or support off the ice, then visit us at womensdlssuachahockey.com and see if the school-rated Michigan's most affordable university is for you. Lake Superior State Women's Hockey, the small school advantage with the big hockey culture within. Oklahoma Hockey. 
the action you crave, only faster. Visit us at OUHockey.net for scheduling and ticket information, whether it's season tickets, group outings for 15 or more, or just a single game ticket. Single game tickets are just $10 a piece, while OU students and staff are free with their IDs. Youth hockey players are also free if they come wearing their jerseys. If you can't make it to the Arctic Ice Arena to watch the Sooners, you can also support the Crimson and Cream by visiting our hockey shop by clicking the shop link at OUHockey.net. Women's hockey is one of the fastest growing sports in the country and at Maryville University in St. Louis, having two ACHA women's teams allows young women to continue to play top level hockey. Maryville women's hockey aligns with the university's core values to provide opportunities for growth as a player, as well as the sport. The Maryville University Hockey Center is the place to get a first class hockey experience and is just minutes from campus. For more information on Maryville women's hockey, go online to maryvillepaints.com. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 national champions, four-time WCHL champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. New challenges, new level, same quest. Join us at the University of Mary for the 2023-24 hockey season as the two-time ACHA M2 champions bring that championship pedigree to the M1 level. Watch the Marauders take on rivals Minot State, Jamestown University, and national powers Missouri State, Illinois State, and Colorado State as they look to add to their hockey legacy. Head to GoYouMary.com to find out how you can support University of Mary Hockey. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Indeed it is, the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Bloomington, Minnesota. My co-host as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Stephen, a couple things i got to throw out there. First of all, Minot State men and women are also with us, and they are working with their marketing people to get us some audio, which we hopefully will have next week. But when you have a chance to visit with uh, with the head coach of a program like that, men's or women's, it excites you, or at least it excites me, just to hear his excitement and what Ryan was talking about and how they love to compete. Well, I think it brings out the, the North Dakota side of you when you spend some time there. I think <laughs> that, that Is that what it brings out? <laughs> so, what's so it your like thoughts, there? thoughts on Ryan? So, what's it like there in January again? <laughs> uh, you're gonna find out. Uh, I've got a series that you gotta attend. I, I don't know about that. We'll see. 
<laughs> well, I know you're going to catch up with them in St. Louis because I got a feeling this team is on a quest to try to avenge that championship game lost last year. Yes, I would imagine so. And I would think they would try to do that opening night too when Liberty comes out there. Uh, see, Liberty's smart. They're going out there in October or it may not, or September, October, whatever it is. That may not be uh, so bad uh, the, <laughs> then, then instead of going in, in January, which is why Minot State is going to St. Louis in January for that all sorts of so. <laughs> See, people, these coaches aren't stupid. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I just. It's just another example of a of a program that's on the right direct in the right direction. They've obviously are a good good program, and they've been for for a bit now. But um, as you said, only only a uh, only a, level, a division one team, ACHA division one team since uh, two thousand nineteen. So that's that long. You factor in COVID and everything, interrupting some of that. So uh, it's impressive and. The fact that they were, like I said, one game away, I think one goal away was a one-goal game, I think, that national championship game. So um, it was – they're on the right path. They're going to lose some players, as he mentioned, some, some key players. But, you know, you get players that come in, and, and like he said, he's excited to see what they're, what kind of team they'll have when they hit the ice next week. So uh, that, that kind of gets excited. I think that gets a lot of coaches excited and nervous at the same time. Like, okay, we finally get to kind of see what we, what we have and, and what where we stand and, 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 and where we can – be better and, and get the practices going because I think teams have either started practicing or they're going to start practicing soon. So uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time for sure, as you as we talked about at the top of the show. You know, and what what I love about this is, and I was hoping when I renamed this and uh, rebranded us the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty, uh, I was hoping this is what we get from coaches. Uh, you, you think about it and you go like, oh, it'll be all the same types of conversation. No, no, it's not even close. These guys all come, yeah, they all come from different places, different backgrounds. They they all share one thing though, uh, well, two things: the desire to win national championships, which is what uh, I said we should do, uh, is is focus on those teams. And number two is the love for the game. And you know, how many times did Ryan tell us about um, the importance of the education and how important it was to have uh, a really quality education and affordable education? as well as a good hockey experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are important things because especially when you're playing at this level and in their position, it's probably not very, I shouldn't say that. I mean, there are some opportunities probably outside of college to maybe they'll get to continue their careers or something. But for a lot, for a lot of per, for people, this, unfortunately, this is probably where they're going to end playing competitively for a while. And so obviously the education background is important because you want to get a good education and get a good foundation for going into life and getting a good career and, and having, you know, doing those things that life provide, you know, getting a good, uh, having a good career, as I said, and family, whatever those things may entail. So uh, if you just focused on the, the hockey side of it and just try to put all your eggs in the hockey basket without having the, the education background, it's uh, it's especially when it's women's side because there's a lot of, and it's growing and there's more more opportunities out there but it's not grand yet and even on the men's side I mean especially at the ACHA level you don't get so many I mean you see some but you don't see as many opportunities for those guys and I think they understand that because I think they they play because they love to play and stuff but they I think they a lot of times they understand that ACHA, when the ACHA when their college career is done and they're done playing ACHA hockey. Um, it's different. You guys at the NCA level, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a different mindset, but maybe at the ACHA level, they, the realization 
maybe beyond there is not going to be, you know, the opportunity to continue playing hockey as a career. So that's why the educational background is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just the way they carry themselves. And I, I'm not kidding. When I see them, it's really hard to tell uh, what group they are when they're all dressed alike and uh, they carry themselves so well as they travel. And certainly Minot State does a lot of traveling. The other thing that I was really impressed with was the um, the way they've come together as a group and have uh, formed these home-and-home home or um, yearly series where Michigan comes to Minot and then Minot goes to the Michigan schools or or Liberty or, or St. Louis and all of that. I think that is really what helps grow the game because if both teams are committed or on both sides of the fence, if you should uh, take it that way, uh, are committed to make the travel trip every other year, um, that that is how you grow this thing. How about on both sides of the glass? Okay, both sides <laughs> of the glass. That's cool. Well, you said eggs in a basket, and I was thinking pucks in a puck bag. <laughs> yes. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I just had to throw that out there. Yes. Anyway, I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I agree with you. I mean, it's. It's. Uh, it's. It's what you play for, and I think the point I want to make too is that yes, these pe people all want to compete, and these teams want to compete with each other and win and be the best, but they also realize the importance of helping each other out because the more the other teams around them are successful, it helps them in the long run and in their pursuits to be successful and to strengthen the, the ACHA and the, and the women's one level in this case and having more teams come in, which there are going to be more that are coming in in the fold at some, either next year or down the road and, and just continue to grow it. Uh, it's, it's really important on the women's side since it's still trying to, to kind of grow itself and have more, more teams out there. So yeah, the more successful, if they, if the other teams help each other be successful, then that will help with all that. Okay, before you take it away, I just want to remind people one more time, uh, this is the end of it. The uh, We're about seven, eight days away from the ability to join us this year because if you want the full benefit, you want to be a part of the logoed uh, items that we have and all of that, uh, we need you to get on board. We got, I think, five, maybe six spots left on the uh, men's side. Only one spot left on the women's side. And, boy, I'll tell you, uh, we had a gentleman, or I had a gentleman, reach out to me a couple of weeks ago, and he said, hey, I'm going to be back at Lake Superior Campus when school starts this week, and, and I want to take a closer look. And this morning I get a, an email from him, and he's going like, you know what? Anyway, I can get my men's D2 and M2 program on board because I want to be a part of this. And I'm going like, that's it. That's what we're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're AAU, if you're ACHA, if you're M2, M1. Um, if, if your team wants to get out there and, and show their stuff, so to speak, and be a part of what we do, we'd love to have you. But we have limited spots. We can only do 25 total, so 20 men, five women's programs, and uh, they're running out quickly. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast later, you got just a few more days to DM me and uh, find out all about it and uh, get signed up, get your team on here. It's a great opportunity to do three things, to recruit, to market yourself, and to hopefully help put more people in your seats and watch, uh, get more people to watch women's hockey. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast presented by IceHockeyWest.com. Liberty University, bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu.
Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. We keep you supplied with all of the gear you need all season long. University of Central Oklahoma, first class experience on and off the ice. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. To raise barbecue, lunch, catering, dining in or out, or just getting winning barbecue sauce, we're at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels Championship Quest. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf, reserve a bay or a meeting room for your next corporate outing at topgolf.com. Adrian College, championship hockey culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org and become part of one of the West's most historic hockey programs. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game and style. San Diego State Hockey, Sun, Sand, and Hockey, as well as a top flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. Jets Pizza. Go to jetspizza.com to find one of our over 400 locations in 20 states nationwide. Oklahoma University Hockey, the action you crave only faster at ouhockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast is a part of the icetimehockeywest.com network and is live every week on the Podbean app and available on your favorite podcast platforms at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Again, search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review any of our podcasts to help others find the show. And I was going to say before I went into that, we have to cut off. Uh, we have to have a cut off. Otherwise, our show is just going to be all ads. <laughs> yeah, that or a two-hour podcast. Yeah, or a two-hour podcast. So. <laughs> Good stuff. We're already over again. <laughs> Ten minutes over. We try to keep. Well, do we 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 say we're going to keep these to an hour, but we never do. We always. No, I can't do it. You got when you got a great guest like but, like. But it's uh, different than terrestrial radio. We don't have a hard out. We don't have we don't have to be out at a certain time. We we have that's what podcasting. We have a little bit of a luxury to to go over. Although I think. He's told me, though, Podbean has a cutoff at some point, though. But. Yeah, we, we can't go too much longer. But anyway, our thanks to the head coach from Minot State Women's Program, Ryan Miner-Green, for joining us and uh, updating us what's happening up in Minot. If you haven't seen their schedule, folks, get to their website and check it out because uh, that schedule is built for uh, a champion, no doubt about it. And uh, it gets started real soon. They're uh, getting on the ice next week, and – uh, they'll play some exhibition games in the uh, end of September, and then it kicks off, man. They have they open with the uh, defending national champions from Liberty, and they uh, travel to Midland for a, a battle. So there's some really good games on the horizon for the Minot State women's team. So we appreciate Ryan spending some time with them. Okay, Stephen, you and I will say good night, and the hibernation is officially over. Good night, everybody. It never began. <laughs> <laughs>